1: studios the osbiz cov is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance hey welcome to the cov it is a monday the 12th of october we're really happy to be here with you i'm nadine blaney scuddy's here with me hey scuddy Yeah, we saw things really rising for the local market toward the end of the day, amongst other things. But uh, yeah, we ended up with a positive session on our hands.
2: Yeah, positive end to what was a pretty lackluster session, I've got to say. It wasn't really too exciting, but uh, certainly the big banks are a big driving force today, helping to go and uh, propel the market into positive territory. And as usual, tech stocks, uh, buy now, pay later, but specifically uh, having another roaring session adding to the big games we saw last week.
1: Um, yeah, we had, uh, you've got to say that Link Energy, sorry, not Link Energy, Link Administration is the best performer today, up by 25% private equity consortium putting an offer on the table. We chatted with Morningstar on that one a little bit earlier on. Uh, Gareth said that, look, uh, you could very well see a bidding war break out for Link Administration because while it's fallen on tough times over the past couple of years, it's actually fundamentally a really good business. So that's Link administration being the best performer of the day and uh, whitehaven coal one of the worst performers if not the worst performer interesting we spoke with vivek dar from um from cba earlier on and he, he was chatting to us about coal
2: yeah um uh, talking about uh you what's going on so we've seen numerous instances over recent years where we talk about china limiting coal imports from australia into uh into their uh you know seaborne system into the other ports now part of that's to do with uh, you know. A quota limit being set for a calendar year, but you just cannot help but wonder, given what we've seen in other areas this year, whether this may be another example of the uh, deterioration in uh, in relations between the two countries having some kind of impact. And certainly, uh, some of the uh, other gold, sorry, the gold, the coal producers uh, locally here uh, were under a bit of pressure earlier today on that news.
1: Yeah, okay, so that is a little look into commodities. Gold came up in conversation a couple of times today. I think still there's excitement in the wake of that Saracen Northern Star Resources uh, merger that took place, or, you know, that was announced a couple of weeks ago. And also Diggers and Dealers is on in Kalgoorlie in WA. WA, where you still can't get in and you still can't get out. And I think that takes me to the stock of the day. So in a dramatic, some say controversial departure from our normal stock of the day, we had a sector of the day today. Um, given there's so much speculation about the travel sector, given we've got flights from New Zealand uh, resuming this week, and we've got word that the Australian government is on travel bubble alerts and talks with Singapore, Japan, South Korea, and some Pacific Island nations. So, sector of the day today were the travel names, and we sat down with Gaurav Sodi from InvestSmart and Nathan Samasandrum from Deep Data Analytics. It was a great program. Let's get their views on the sector.
0: I would say the market hasn't been anticipating this for some time. These stocks, for very good reasons, were maligned for a long time. Mm -hmm. But geez, they've bounced back very hard. So this is not a surprise. It's been well anticipated. And to some extent, it's actually incorporated into the stock prices. Um, Things like Webjet and Flight Center, we actually upgraded and and bought for our portfolios um, during the panic.
2: um,
0: And I've been quite shocked to see how fast um, they've rebounded, considering they've had cap raises, they've had balance sheet issues, and they're very international businesses. So a small bubble doesn't necessarily um, compensate for a huge loss of business around the world. Um, So look, I'm I'm not all that excited by the sector at the moment. Um, I think there's too much consensus that this is the best place to be for a bounce back, and I'm not convinced that's the case. When it's an obvious thematic, it has never made money. There is a reason why these stocks are down, Mm. because it'll take them a number of years to come through. If you are a multi-year investor Mm. and you don't need to worry about it and you're willing to wait for the cycle, if you look at the longer term cycle, yeah, this is a great opportunity. You buy, you're happy to sit through two, three years. But unfortunately, most people I know do not have that patience. Mm. They're looking at three months, six months. It may bounce, it may fall again. When it looks so obvious, you always got to remember there's risk that you're missing out on. So I think on a risk-return basis, this is not such a great mm. sector at the moment.
1: So that was Nathan Somersandrum from Deep Data Analytics, finishing the thoughts there on the travel space. Well, one person who has been committed and never deviated from this expectation for a V-shaped recovery is Malcolm Wood from ELNC Bell U. He is the CIO there. And yeah, he still says that uh, earnings are going to drive this market higher. He's going to see an improvement in the earnings revisions pattern, you know, Scuddy. He, he's still a betting on a very strong recovery happening in Australia. What are your thoughts? Uh,
2: look, the conditions are in the, in the right place, but uh, I still think that we are going to be winding back the uh, support measures just a little bit too soon to go and cement a recovery. And I think there is a difficulty that we might have uh, potentially beyond the, uh, the first quarter of calendar year 2021 where you have the bit of a pothole where all the stimulus really starts to go and wind back quite aggressively. You do the handover from uh, the public to the private sector. And I reckon there's gonna be a few more issues there. But hey, hey, that surprise comes right at the time when the federal budget will be announced for, uh, for next year. Yeah. And goodies ahead of an election. So maybe my uh, my fears will come to rest. In fact, that's probably like not a bad bet that that's the, uh, the likely timeframe that we'll see.
1: Well, the government has said that it's still got ammunition as does the RBA. We're looking forward to Thursday when we hear from the central bank uh, Governor Phil Lowe, of course. But back to Malcolm Wood, look, he has, you've got Stocks for Recovery, Stocks for Vaccine, and if you'd like to hear what those specific names are, you can just access that interview via the show notes. We also uh, spoke with the CEO of BAPCOR, Daryl Abotomy, CEO there. Scotty, you did this interview, so what was his thoughts on the likelihood of the interplay between the company's pretty, pretty positive update and stimulus?
2: Well, so not giving a a full year uh, financial year 21 guidance uh, primarily reflecting uncertainty about trading conditions in the second half of the year, so i.e. the first half of uh, next calendar year. So, and I asked him about, you know, the potential, you know, impact from the whiny back of those support measures and uh, he was pretty categorical that uh, it was that was the biggest area of uncertainty and why the company's not in a position to go and provide guidance and I say that uh, it won't just be Babcor but uh, a number of other different uh, companies out the consumer discretionary in particular who have got many many you know massive you know, sales tailwinds over the last uh, last quarter or two uh, where they can be replicated moving forward is the uh, you know the multi-billion dollar question <laughs> yeah
1: well that shares were up at least today by two and three quarters of one percent and i think that that's worthwhile sort of talking about uh, what's to come tomorrow so we've got an agm on tap from cba we'll bring you to listen into some of that live we also will be hearing from telstra Julia Lee from Bell, uh, sorry from Bourbon Invest was talking to us at the end of the day saying that, uh, yeah, this Apple iPhone launch that happens this week will be an interesting one when it comes to Telstra as well to see how they will go in the very competitive mobile handset space.
2: To borrow a phrase from uh, James Whelan from VFS Group, who's a friend of the other program and is often on, uh, the theory of thing and the fact that I know I'm not a I'm not an Apple user I'll put it out there to start off with but I really can't get enthusiastic about 5G handsets I've got one right now and I honestly can't see the difference between that and the model that I replaced which is two below but the fact that we're talking about the 5G phone tells me that it should be in the price because there's so many people talking about the same thing oh I'm gonna go and get it replaced I want to get replaced but I've had these conversations with people now for several months so I'll be surprised to see that there'll be a big reaction but look it's 2020 who knows but uh the theory of thing When you talk about it enough, it doesn't actually happen.
1: Yeah, okay, so that's an interesting one, but we'll be listening into the Telstra AGM as well. So again, from those companies, we want to know about the outlook, we want to get any color around deferrals when it comes to CBA, whether their customers have been ghosting the bank. We got a bit of an update uh, today from CBA, but it's all the color around how they see the beginning of, of well, I was going to say FY21, but of course, we're still waiting to get the, um, you know, the, the results from some banks. But yeah, for, for the case of Commonwealth Bank, FY21. OK, so we are looking forward to a pretty quiet session in New York tonight. Columbus Day holiday there. Thanksgiving in Canada. So the TSX is closed. Um, but when it comes to equities, you know, it's all this hope being hung on stimulus, scuddy, Or is it?
2: Yes, uh, I've made. An, I was talking about this in the program very briefly earlier on today, but uh, I've just noticed the, uh, particularly the uh, financial journalists out there, which I know I've been one for uh, for many years as well. I've noticed that uh, a lot of re- reverting back to the hopes headlines to explain any time the stock market goes and rally, it's apparently on hopes, and uh, I think uh, every day last week it was, you uh, know. Uh, stocks rally on stimulus hopes, even when uh, no Donald Trump is uh, no, briefly uh, thwarting it and telling us he's not going to go and proceed until the end of the uh, the election. But uh, I think we need to go and stop trying to go and pin daily moves on uh, on stimulus hopes. That's in the price, just like central bank policy. I think that we need to go look at the underlying uh, monetary conditions at the moment. There are so many uh, supportive measures out there, particularly from central banks, that uh, sometimes it doesn't have to be hopes of anything. It's just that... Uh, there is so much optimism about equities and there's no real alternative elsewhere. Uh, that's probably why it's driving higher. Not so much hopes or anything.
1: Tina, what else are you going to do with your money? And there is still doesn't a make, lot of money on the sidelines. Doesn't
2: make for a catchy headline though. And that's the thing. And we all know that uh, the game of like trying to get interest, it's, uh, it's got to be something. But uh, all I see with these stimulus hopes headlines is just replacing the vaccine hopes headlines that we had a couple of months ago.
1: Certainly so. Okay, so we will wait and watch to see any news coming out of the US, keep in mind it's earnings season there that kicks it up a notch this week as well. We get the weekly Roy Morgan ANZ consumer confidence read tomorrow. We get uh, some data coming from China, import and exports for September, trade balance for September. But yeah, we're, we're working toward the end of the week, aren't we, in reality, when we get not only jobs, but the speech coming from the Reserve Bank Governor Phil Lowe at the City Investment Conference because. You know, you've got a couple of camps out there, you've got the interest rate cut camp, now whether that happens into November or until February, there's a few differing opinions there, and then you've got those like CBA who say look there's not going to be an additional interest rate cut because it won't do anything anyways, but they're looking for you know, additional asset purchases or expansion to the term funding facility, the TFF, so it'll be you know, incumbent on I think Philip Lowe to Potentially give a little bit of clarity to the market.
2: Yes, it, uh, it's probably too early to go and declare it's going to be a super Thursday. Maybe, uh, maybe a little bit better than normal Thursday. <laughs> so we can't rec- after the budget uh, and RBA decision last uh, last Tuesday. I'm not <laughs> sure it's probably too early to call yeah, it super. Yeah, we can't reuse that. that. That's that's where uh, that's where the interest is going to be at least domestically. But uh, we also have the uh, the start of U.S. reporting season as well. Some big boppers from the financial world in particular are out there. I know Johnson and Johnson is another one, which is a massive conglomerate that will give us a bit of insight as to what's going on in the US consumer and those abroad. So I'll be very interested to in see what happens that. And of course, Donald Trump's Twitter feed probably be the number one talking point again for another week.
1: Cool, we've got Brendan Sobey, independent aviation analyst, talking to us about travel bubbles, et cetera. We have Brad King, he is portfolio manager and director of Armitage Private. So he will be talking about the biggest risks out there right now, potentially giving us an insight into a particular Australian company that he likes. Rudy Philippe Van Dyke, Claude Walker on the call and we've got um, Module 8, the CEO of Module 8 on Startup Daily and we'll also be speaking with Ian Davies, so he is the CEO or the MD of Senex Energy on the company's quarterly result and I don't have an exact time for that yet so you will just have to watch the live stream during the day. I'll try to update you via my Twitter or my LinkedIn and uh, yeah, I think I think Scotty that's enough for a Monday. A Monday, midway through October, counting down to the US election. Lots happening.
2: There is plenty to go and keep ourselves busy, so I'm looking forward to another great week ahead. So uh, we'll uh, see you all again bright and early on Tuesday morning.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?